Hello, last time we were together I shared with you how God wants us to love reading his Bible. Um, did you know, at the coronation of our Queen Elizabeth, um, the minister of the Church of Scotland um, handed her the Bible and as he did it, he said, we present you with this book, the most valuable thing that this world affords. Oh, how true that is. The most valuable thing that this world affords is the Word of God. And God wants us to love reading his Word. Actually, he commands us to eat it. And as we saw in Matthew chapter 4, verse 4, but Jesus answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Also, we saw in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, all scripture is inspired, God breathed. I'm just going to show you the balloon just to remind you that when I blew into it, um, something from the very depth of me filled this balloon and empowered us. God has filled his word with his supernatural power. And when we read it, it's a supernatural book that gives us supernatural power. And today I want to share with you actually some practical steps on how to eat the word. Um, do you remember the cereal? I put it on top of my head and said, when it's on the top of my head, it's not doing any good. I actually have to put it inside my mouth and I have to chew it, take effort, and swallow it. And I won't eat it unless I value it. Um, so now that you're hungry and you desire to read his word, you may ask, well, how do I get the word of God into my heart? Well, we have an eye gate and an ear gate. And we are so blessed today because we have so many good teachers and preachers. We also have technology on our side because, I mean, I used to listen to tapes. I still listen to tapes, actually. I have CDs, DVDs, um, Christian TV, Christian radio, and worship songs that um, some of them are just literally scripture um, put to music. And they are very, very good to listen to. And you see, I've got um, this amazing little thing. It's called an iPod, but there are other, other gadgets that are pretty much the same. And this has got 240 messages on it. And it's so light and so easy that I can, when I take my dog for a walk, I plug into this and I listen to the Word of God. And actually, I listen to the Word of God at night. There's, I've got um, the Bible on tape. And I listen to that as I go to sleep. Uh, Pastor Derek's very good. He doesn't mind me listening to it if I go to sleep. Uh, doesn't disturb him. But also what I found in the morning, oh, my mind is a busy place. Oh, it's such a busy place. And often I keep thinking, what about me? What about me? What about me? And all the things that I have to face. But I've discovered, actually, that if I will plug myself into teaching, um, first of all, as soon as I wake up, then that helps to fill my mind with the word of God. And the devil can't have high carnival, as he could do if I don't focus my heart and my mind on the Lord. Because the devil loves to play with our minds. And so many times when um, we go to read the word, we set a very high expectation on ourselves. I used to think I had to have the most amazing revelation um, every time I read the Bible, well, that isn't necessarily going to happen. We do receive illumination, but sometimes it's very quiet, and it may be it's days afterwards that we realize 
that actually it really went inside us. And, you know, we feel that if we have, we feel that we failed if we haven't read the Bible for hours and hours and also if we haven't received some amazing new revelation. But I, what I want to encourage you, relax. Enjoy the story. Bible is God's story. Um, to help you relax, um, when I was younger, I was in something called the Fannies, which was the first, what was it? No, the Female Auxiliary Nursing Yeomanry, which was then renamed to the Women's Transport Corps. And I belonged to them. And we, uh, we would go on exercises and we had our, our wirelesses and, and, you know, aerials and everything. And one thing they told us that when we, when we speak, we press the button. When we listen, we take our thumb off of it. But some of us were so anxious, we were talking to HQ, and we said, come in HQ, come in HQ, and we've got our finger on the button for us to speak, but we weren't relaxed enough to let go and hear what HQ were telling us. And HQ were giving us um, directions on what to do in a difficult situation, but we couldn't hear it, and they called it the panic button. And so God wants us to relax when we approach his, his, his word, as something that we enjoy and that um, God is going to speak to us. Have that expectation. And you know, as we relax, so the Holy Spirit can speak to our heart and the words come alive in our spirit. It's that feeling of, this is for me, this is God's word to me. For instance, um, before I was married, I used to think, and I did want to get married, but I thought probably God didn't want me to get married because after all that was a selfish thing. And God was so wonderful to me. He broke the power of the devil's lie. One day, um, I actually, I, I felt the Lord speak to me, come to your front room and I want to speak to you. And he led me to the story of Isaac and Rebecca um, and how Abraham had sent his servant to find Rebecca and the servant had brought her um, to, to Isaac. But the servant is a picture of the Holy Spirit. Abraham was a picture of God the Father. And what it did, it gave me an absolute assurance that God wanted me to be married, that he had already picked out a husband for me. I mean, this is in my particular case. And that he, he really wanted me to be married, and that released my faith. And actually, within six months, Derek had proposed to me. But before that, we were just distant friends. God did a wonder for me. Um, and so when the, when the Holy Spirit highlights a scripture to you, write it down. Don't let it get away from you. Keep it and, and think on it and ponder on it. You know, writing out scripture really helps to get it into our heart. And so some people do find it very useful to take notes when they're listening to someone preaching or teaching um, they take the notes and it gets the word into their heart. But if you do do that, don't just take the notes, close the book, and never look at them. Take them home, read them, look up the scriptures, study them, think about them. Um, but if you do find it difficult to take notes during a sermon, um, you know, don't feel bad. Uh, I would highly suggest to buy a CD of, of the sermon. So many churches do have the facilities. Um, for recording the, the sermons. And buy the CD when you go home, listen to it quietly, um, take notes, you can stop and start, and then study them. And if there's something that you've never heard before, 
um, search out the scriptures. See, is this, is this true? Because we, we tell our people, don't believe what we say. We want you to check it in the word of God. Does it? Does it marry up, as it were, with the word of God? And ask God to help you apply his word to your life. Because if we just read it and walk away, then we're a bit like the foolish man who looks at himself in the mirror and walks away and forgets all about it. But God wants us to take the image of his word, what he said to us. He wants us to keep it in our heart. And if we value the word, then we are going to make the effort um, and do something to help ourselves to retain it because it's absolutely vital for our lives. And so why, why should we? Because if we do, then we c if we do persevere, then we can be fruitful for God. And when we read the Bible, uh, sorry, when we hear the Bible, um, we hear it with our minds, but not just with our minds, but also with our spirits. And the Holy Spirit quickens the scripture to us. Um, that was the, um, the ear gate. You see, we have two ways into our mind and into our heart, through the eye and the ear. And so the eye gate, obviously, is reading the word of God. And reading the word is different to studying it. But did you know something about the Bible? It's the best seller in the world, and it always has been, but they miss it off the best. If it was put on the best, you know, they have a list of best-selling books. Well, the Bible would always be at the top, but they tend to not put it there. And so there are 44 million Bibles sold every year worldwide. In the United Kingdom alone, one and a quarter million are sold every year. And some people even see the Bible as a threat. But what I would ask you, is it your treasure? For where your heart is, there will your treasure be also. Is it your treasure? Now the difference between reading and studying reading, you relax, you get um, the big picture, you get to know the stories in the Bible, and obviously you get to know God and his character. But to study is to dig. And we examine the words, and um, the Bible that I've got, the Holy Spirit-filled Bible, had, for me, has very helpful notes that really helps me to understand um, the meaning of, the full meaning that the, the Greek intended. Uh, for instance, where Jesus said, told us to take no thought, to be anxious, do not be anxious. Um, I, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing it properly, but the Greek word is merimna, which means your mind is divided. It's overly preoccupied with things that are causing you stress, which actually is sin because Jesus is telling you, do not be anxious because of his covenant. Um, sorry, we're in covenant with him and he cares for us affectionately and about us extremely watchfully. And so we examine the words, we do cross-references, uh, we read the notes. It can be time-consuming, but oh, it's so beneficial. And time, I promise you, time flies when you start doing that. But if you're exhausted after a long day at work, some people have to work 12-hour shifts and some people work even longer than that. They're absolutely exhausted. But relax, don't get condemned. You see, condemnation freezes your faith. And we want you to read the Bible by faith, believing this is God's word and his word is supernaturally strengthening me. And so, but make time, please make time 
to read your word, to read the word of God. Enjoy the stories. This can be a very valuable first step, actually, to, to studying. Um, the other thing that I actually enjoy is some of these DVDs, they're, they're cartoons and they're about the story, about the um, characters in the Old Testament and the New Testament. And from time to time, I show them to my group of children called Super Church. And I showed them the, the DVD on the life of Daniel. Do you know with the, um, the, my ear gate and my eye gate engaged, I remembered so much more with the, with the two um, eyes and ears um, being focused in on the word of God. And what it did was to engender such an interest in this amazing young man called Daniel. And I began to read other books and look up other things. Um, and so for me, that was a first step um, to begin to dig into the word, to understand more about Daniel. And also reading the scriptures out loud is powerful because um, your heart hears what your voice says. And when you're reading healing scriptures for yourself, then your heart believes it and that will come to pass in your body. And um, did you know that advertising companies understand this? And that even if you just sort of glance at their advert um, subliminally, <laughs> uh, you pick up something about their advert. Well, it's just the same with the Bible, only the Bible is far more powerful and will do you a lot more good than some advert. And we can simply read it and we still receive, even if you don't necessarily feel like you're receiving. And you see, reading, as I said, is getting to know the characters and the stories of the Bible, and the Holy Spirit can bring it back to you. But if you don't read it, he's got nothing to work with. He can't bring back something to your remembrance that you've never read in the first place. And then studying the Word, uh, as I said, you need to, it's good to gain a good overview of your, um, the subject before you really start digging. And let's follow the example of the Bereans in Acts chapter 17, verse 11. Um, Paul writes, No, the Bereans were of more noble character than the Thessalonians. Sorry, I said Paul, probably not. Forgive me. No, the Bereans were of more noble character than the Thessalonians because they received the message with great eagerness and examined the scriptures every day to see if what Paul said was true. So if you hear a teacher or a preacher say something new, examine the scriptures to see if what they're saying, if what I'm saying, is true. Now, step two, uh, you've got your overview. Now you start to dig, um, digging into its depths, um, looking up uh, the, the words um, that are highlighted if, if you've got a Bible that highlights and then gives you um, the Greek for certain words, as I told you, this word worry, merimna, means a divided mind. And looking um, into the background verses, because if we just take a verse out of context, um, that's not good. We need to have the whole background as to who's saying what and where it's come from and whereabouts it is. And looking into the meaning of the words, I find that really interesting because the Greek words are so full of meaning, um, but for translation, one word has been used, where in fact in the Greek it's, it's a whole big idea, like salvation, um, but actually the word uh, in, in the Greek means wholeness, health, um, all the wonderful things that God has given us. It's a big, big word. And then it's helpful to understand some of the culture. 
in Revelation, um, Jesus said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and I will sup with him and he with me. That word sup, if you take it in the English thing, well, we just pop round and, and had a bite to eat with somebody. But actually, it's a covenant meal. It means you are co in covenant with the Lord Jesus Christ himself. Very powerful. And so, memorizing the word is so valuable. Um, I'd like to tell you a story, actually, that Rachel Hickson, she's um, a very, very good Bible teacher, and she's, her husband is um, at St. Aldate's Church in Oxford, but she travels around the world um, preaching and teaching, and she really is very, very good. And she was telling a story of the Chinese Christians. She was invited to go and speak to a group of 250 Chinese people. And uh, the session, that her teaching session, was going to start at 5 in the morning, but it would go right through to the evening. And they actually had some Chinese pastors there because they said a lot of Europeans, you know, as it were, haven't got the stamina to speak for that long. Um, but the people are so hungry. Can you imagine having a sermon that starts at 5 in the morning and finishes probably at 8 o'clock at night? Um, it shows how hungry these people were. And do you know, all the people that were there, the 250, they were led by the Holy Spirit. Um, the meeting was not advertised at all because it's illegal. But they, 250 people by the Holy Spirit found themselves there. If I describe to you, um, to, for it was in the middle of rice fields, this farm, and to get there, um, Rachel had a four-hour drive, one and a half hours hidden in the back of a tractor trailer, and then a 45-minute walk to get there. That's our Holy Spirit getting people to a meeting where they're supposed to be. And as Rachel opened her Bible, their faces streamed with tears. And whenever she referred to a scripture, these people who were really listening, beautifully behaved, listening, drinking in every word, whenever she would refer to a scripture, suddenly about 10 people would shoot to their face and at the top of their voices recited something in Chinese, sat down and were very attentive again. And eventually um, her translator explained to her, he said, the Chinese love their Bible and consider it their greatest joy to be able to quote scripture. They would stand and recite the scripture from memory so that they could have the privilege of speaking God's word. You know, Rachel said that she left that farmhouse with a new sense of honor and respect and reverence and value for the Bible that she had once held so casually in her hands. This book, the, the Bible, is the word of God. Let me ask you a question. Is it your greatest joy to speak the word of God? The Bible is the most amazing book on this planet, in the world. What an indescribable treasure it is. But may I ask you, do you love this book enough? Um, ask yourself, do I value this book enough? Do I eat? Do I ponder? Uh, do I think on this book enough? You see, the minister of Scotland said to the queen, this book, the most valuable thing that this world affords. Oh, how true that is. 
in Psalm 119, verse, um, verses 9 to 11. This is just a little bit of it. How can a young man keep his way pure? By living according to your word. I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart so that I might not sin against you. When we memorize scripture, we hide it in our heart. And we get it deeper into our hearts. When we read it, yes, but when we memorize it, it actually becomes a part of us. So that when the enemy attacks us with sickness or with loss or financial worries or relationships that have been blown to pieces, when he attacks this way, then the word that is in your heart, the Holy Spirit who lives within us, he can take that word and bring it up to our heart and we speak it out with our mouth and that brings victory. When we read and hear the word, it helps to put it in our minds, but memorizing it puts it deeper into us. As I said, it makes it, it becomes part of us. And in Matthew, when Jesus, under tremendous pressure from Satan, he responded every time, it is written, it is written, it is written. And you know, something that I found really helpful um, to help me memorize um, scripture is to write it down on a small card. And here I've got one of my small cards and I write it down and I carry it with me because this will fit into my pocket and if I'm waiting for a bus I can pull it out and I can read it. And as I read it slowly, this one is um, Mark 11:23. For verily I say unto you, whoever shall say unto this mountain, if I say to this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and not doubt in his heart. I do not doubt in my heart, but believe that those things which I say shall come to pass, I shall have whatsoever I say. And I take that. And as I read it and repeat it and mumble it under my breath, because actually to meditate means to murmur as well. And I just read it on the bus Sometimes when I'm cooking, I'll pull it out and I've got time to, you know, to wait and I will read it and, and fill my heart with it. And so meditation is to give oneself wholly talking and thinking about the word, to mutter it. Um, Brother Hagen, Ken Hagen Sr. said, everything I felt the word of God in. And Psalm, verse, Psalm 1, verse 1 to 3 Blessed is the man and woman who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of mockers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord and on his law he meditates day and night. He's like a tree planted by the streams of water which yields its fruit in, its se in season, whose leaf does not wither. Whatever he does prospers. If you want to prosper, and if I want to prosper, we need to put the word of God first. And when we read or hear something and it strikes you, write it down and then chew on it, as it were, and read it and it takes effort. Chew on it, um, even as I had to with the, uh, with the cereal. Let the word of God go to work in you as you chew on it. Let it challenge you. 
God reveals to heal, not to condemn. Let it move you. Let it bless you. God loves you. Believe it as you read God's love for you. Ask God to open your heart to believe his word. And as you meditate on it, it fixes it firmly in your spirit. And ask yourself, um, how should this be applied to my life? Ask God, how should I apply this to my life, Lord? God has given us the most amazing pr um, promise that if we will meditate on his word, we will prosper. Joshua 1.8, do not let the book of this law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night, night and day, day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. As I've said, you know, the Bible is the most amazing book. It's been repeatedly banned and burned by governments and regimes because of its dangerous and subversive content. Up-to-date story, in the 2008 Olympics at Beijing in China, the Bibles, would you believe, um, were among the prohibited objects in the Olympic village. This book, the book, the Word of God, is what people, they either love it or loathe it. They, lots of people fear it and want to burn it. But it's a treasure, it's God's treasure to us. But I would ask you, to say to yourself, do I love this book enough? Do I value this book enough? Do I eat this book enough? Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, please give me a hunger and thirst for your word. Please stir up in me a new ability to read and love your word. Help me to hide your word in my heart so that I may not sin against you. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, if we struggle to read the word, trust when you're alone, trust God to stir up in you that new ability to love and appreciate his word. He will give you fresh manna from heaven every day. You don't have to spend hours. Start today just where you are. God wants to help you. He loves you passionately. And he knows that his word will utterly transform your life.